Hold on to it. Hold on to your pickle. Oh, I'm holding on to it. <laughs> so to speak. So holding on to my man thing, as it were. Oh, my. That's, uh, I'm going to start keeping a running tally of dick jokes. <laughs> yes. That's two. Dick joke number one. Okay. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even do it. I can't do it. Okay, let's recompose. So, uh, little, so little do, liquid courage. Do, do you guys do you guys like to watch movies? Sometimes, sometimes I like to watch movies. Okay. Right, step in. <laughs> okay. I need an adult. Yeah. Do, do you guys do you guys want to help me find my lost dog? Some weird old guy is talking to me on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> This is what happens when he eats too many pumpkin spice bagels. <laughs> I'm a the pumpkin really spice like grows straight to his head. Pumpkin spice bagel, pumpkin smoothie, pumpkin ale, pumpkin pie, pumpkin gin, pumpkin muffin, pumpkin seeds. Where will it end? Pumpkin pumping. Pumpkin. Oh God! That's, Nick, that's you the can use worst that as an Halloween album porn. Pumpkin pumping. Pumpkin pumping. <laughs> The, the, the cover is... Oh, God. The cover is... You've got a, you've got a jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I can't even go on. I can't even go on. <laughs> Make uh, sure you light the candle afterwards and not before. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, him reaching in, it's him reaching into a lit jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> Oh God! Pulling the ca- pulling the candle out of a lit jack o' lantern <laughs> and the wax running over his hands. Yeah, he's just holding it, and it's just. I'm thinking like a giant jack o' lantern, and like not, like not a jack o' lantern, like just a cut open thing, and like I'm like swimming around in the guts, like a aerial <laughs> shot of me just kind of oh no on a, like a pool float, but on yeah, top yeah. of uh, it's uh, picture a kiddie pool. Filled with pumpkins and you. Okay. <laughs> All right, we got it. It's like bobbing for apples, but with pumpkins. Yes. Those kids must have huge mouths. Oh, that's the creepiest thing I've ever seen. Oh, God. <laughs> Those kids must I have think huge it, mouths. I think there's going to be a lot of real creepy things said this episode. As we're talking about, so. So can someone man tell thing. me? I don't. I I have no background history with man thing. Can someone? Maybe we should wait for the actual starting of talking about things. No, but no. This, mean, no what this is, is the, the difference show. between man thing and swamp thing? Because they seem uh, exactly the same. One is a man thing. The other is a swamp thing. Yeah. Come no. on. One of them has seems to have like its own volition, and the other one is just like an avenging spirit so, of well, the swamp. The, 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 ba- the basic idea. So both of them were created around the same time. Yeah. Man thing was like a few months earlier, which is shocking. Um. <laughs> Well, but oh, Len, Len Wein was involved in the, uh-huh. in both of them. Very early okay, on. is it Wein or Wine? Uh, I thought it was Wine. I don't know. Uh, let's call him Wine. Okay. Anyway, I should call uh, no, him I th- Wein. No, I, th- I think it's Wein. I, I've, I've heard him referred to as Len Wein on several okay. podcasts that right. he has appeared on. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's probably um, good. But no, the, the the main difference, like the the starting point, main difference, and obviously they went off in different directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Swamp Thing retains the consciousness of, of Alec a Holland, man. yeah, of a man, yeah. But and the one that is the man the thing, of yeah. the swamp. Oh, that that's pretty much it. Like no. man, man thing, man thing <laughs> lacks uh, lacks human consciousness. Okay. He, he experiences the world empathically. So okay. what you're saying is that uh, they each have the wrong name. 
Man yes. thing should be swamp thing, and swamp thing should be man thing. Exactly. Well, they're, they're, they're both Why don't we just things. rewrite history, Derek? <laughs> yeah. We can have we can have Marvel and DC do like a quick swamp. Or what, one of them could have been Swamp Thing, which would have been the one we call Man Thing, and the other one could have been Swamp Man. Mm. That would make more sense. Yeah. Is the plural of Man Thing Men Thing? <laughs> no. Please, God, is no. It, is it Men Thing or Man Things? Men Things? Like Courts Marshall. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> or Mothers in Law. Please tell me that's not, tell me that's not the actual term. It, it is. Court what? Marshall. It's not court marshals. It's not court marshals. It's courts marshal. I've never heard oh that God. before. Neither have I. Yeah, because marshal is an adjective. If you have a okay. court marshal, it's it's it it's like an arcane version of putting the adjective at the end. You know, from yeah, hmm. Latin or French. Man, we're we're learning all kinds of shit today. Yeah, dropping knowledge bombs on us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is, uh, I, I think, is a, a good en- a good enough segue into <laughs> the meat of this conversation. Oh, God damn it! There's no there's no way that we can get around the man thing. Nope. I'm almost nope. done with this bagel. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Embrace well, we're the bagel. Pause so that dude does not choke on his pumpkin spice bagel. All right. Okay. Uh. All right. So, uh, this is Cinema Excelsior. Uh. Oh, I, I didn't even... Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, this film was... There were so many parts of this film that my eyes just kind of glazed over. <laughs> I don't even have... Uh, well, okay. So, he, it, let me make this up. Okay, I got it. Our best so, intro ever. Yes, our best intro ever. Uh, we, we have a round table of four today. Uh, starting on the far digital left, uh, the, the lunatic fringe of the digital left, uh, we have Mr. Daniel Watson-Jones. Uh, Hello. <laughs> still, still eating his pumpkin. We were specifically bagel. waiting for me to finish the bagel before we started, and I was still it's eating true. the bagel when you introduced me first. Well, you thank know, you. Some, sometimes the show has a mind of its own, dude. <laughs> kind of uh, like this one. Today, it's a show thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a show thing. Uh, today, dude, will be playing the part of Matthew Cable. Sweet. Um, <laughs> you could also call me Matthew right. the Raven. Yep. His digital right, we have Derek Hong. Hello, all you men thing out there. <laughs> men Was that a Stan Lee voice? Men, men things? Men's thing? Uh, no. Man's, man's, man's men things thing. just sounds bad. Please men don't, please don't say that. <laughs> uh, Derek is playing the uh, the role of Anton Arcane. Hey, all right. Today? I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, to, to his digital right is <laughs> Mr. Nick Bester. What? You want to say hello, or you just want to mutter? <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to introduce me. Oh, Hi there. I, I, yeah, okay. Uh, Nick's playing the role of Abby. Yay! So none of these characters are from Man-Thing. They're all from Swamp-Thing. <laughs> yes. Did you, okay, and you? I just, I just realized, did you name your cat after Abby Arcane? No, no. That, that no? is a Okay. Okay. Uh, and, and Stefan, who are you playing? Sorry, uh, introduce yourself. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am playing... Uh, Damn it! Quit doing this. Uh, I'm no. St- I'm Stephen Claypool, uh, and I'll be playing the part of the Floronic Man. Oh, nice. Ah, ah. Okay, so today's film, Swamp Thing. No, wait. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about Man Thing. Uh, Man Thing, directed by Brett Leonard. Uh, did any of you guys look at his IMDb yeah, page? Yeah, he's got a bunch of things. He did Lawnmower Man and Virtuosity. Yeah. 
Oh wow, lawnmower man. <laughs> I've seen that's that movie once. That's your impression of an extra from Clerks. My, my, oh wow, my hey, Navy Seals. My Navy. My seals. favorite thing about Brett Leonard's IMDb page. The biography of him starts with the sentence, Brett Leonard is a film director. <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. <laughs> yep. Screw Yeah, start, start with what? Start with the facts. Uh, Just Lawn facts Man, Virtuosity. I, I have a, a fond was, place in my heart for Virtuosity. Is that, is, that the, se- is that the sequel to Multiplicity? <laughs> oh, God, it should be. <laughs> The Virtuosity is the film where uh, Russell Crowe is an artificial intelligence serial killer. Like, someone created an artificial intelligence serial killer, and then he somehow gets into the real world. And the only way he can survive, like, if he gets shot or wounded, he kind of bleeds blue blood, and then he has to eat glass. God. To repair himself. As AIs often do. Yes. Any, anyone with any background in computer science will tell you that's that's <laughs> Yep. It it yep. just reminds me of Hedonism Bot where from Futurama, where you look at him and you just like what why did someone make him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why does he exist? It just doesn't make Jump any it. sense. Well let's not also let's let's also not forget Jump that Brett Leonard uh, like Frosting. <laughs> Brett Leonard Brett Leonard directed T Rex back to the Cretaceous. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Kaylee Kuoko was in uh, Virtuosity. The, yeah, good for her. The, I don't she know how you pronounce like, her last name, but the girl from Big Bang Theory. She would have been like eight then. Probably. Mm. All right. We've all learned beginning. something. <laughs> We've uh, all learned yeah, something. Uh, the, the film starred Matthew Lenevez <laughs> at Dynamo of Action. Yeah. Uh, Rachel Taylor... Jack Thompson, whose other credits include uh, Klieg Lars in Star Wars Attack of the Clones. Oh, God. <laughs> oh! I thought he looked is... familiar. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Alex O'Laughlin, who later uh, joined the cast of Hawaii Five-O. Presumably the current Hawaii Five-O. Nope the, nope, the original one. Went back in time. <laughs> okay. Yes, the, the, one, uh, the one with your favorite actor from Lost. <gasps> Daniel Day Kim? Yes, that one. <laughs> no, the other actors from Alston, Hawaii, Five O, <laughs> Grace Park. I don't know. Yeah, I know Grace Park's on it, but she was on Lost. Don't be silly. I do love Daniel Day Kim. You know what this movie yes. needed? Daniel Day Kim. Most movies do. True. Uh, so the, this was not originally on our uh, viewing schedule, so, but Nick Bester helpfully suggested ah, it. It's all my fault. Because mm, I'm pretty sure so I'm the one who Nick. lobbied for this initially. Uh, mm, I think well, you, I, I think you that I yelled at, at all of you, and then Nick got really excited about it. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Go on, go on. Anyway, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It wasn't as long originally as everyone on the list, it. and now it's on the list. And yes. Who knows why? Yes. Uh, the the reason being there, there was some confusion. This film was not released in theaters in the U.S. It was original. It was released as a Sci-Fi Channel original movie in the yeah. U.S. So you got know it's got to be good. Yep. Got a theatrical release internationally, but upon a little digging, uh, so the film was intended for a direct-to-video release. Then it was going to be upgraded to theatrical release for Halloween because superhero films were getting big. <laughs> and then Marvel decided that the film probably wasn't going to make any money domestically <laughs> and bumped it back down <laughs> to... 
a direct-to-TV release. Though it did, didn't it have some theatrical release in Europe? Internationally, yeah. Okay. Uh, character was created by Stan Lee and Roy Thomas. Uh, Lynn Ween was an early writer on it, and uh, later that year he would go on to create Swamp Thing. There was some talk of litigation, but given that the two characters diverged pretty sharply after a similar jumping-off point, there nothing ever really came of it. And the primary writer, the signature Man-Thing writer, was Steve Gerber, better known as the creator of Howard the Duck, whose <laughs> first appearance was in a Man-Thing story. I thought you were going to well, say better known as the Gerber story. baby. Better known as the Ger- Steve so, Howard Gerber the baby Duck Gerber. is kind of like the John Constantine of the Marvel Universe. I would say he's more like the Fraser Crane of the Marvel <laughs> Universe. <laughs> And Man Thing Fair is enough. the Cheers of the Marvel Universe, so it's uh, it's pro- it's probably a little more accessible, a little less intellectual. You're, 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 you're giving Man Thing a lot of credit there, <laughs> and Howard the Duck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, okay. So, Man Thing, this film. Uh, I did not prepare a synopsis of this film, mostly because I couldn't bring myself to. <laughs> Things happened in this film, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm not sure I would I would call them a, a plot or a story. Yeah, I'm not entirely uh, clear why some things were happening. Yep. <laughs> a lot of people were in a swamp for reasons that I kind of understood but didn't necessarily. The broad sketches of the ostensible plot... Uh, there are murders happening in a swamp where local, I guess, small town oil man? Like, Schist does not have, seem to have a very broad reach. Um, it was sort of, you, you've got Fred Schist, who is the small town oil man. He's sort of the Bengazera and Roadhouse type. Um, he is drilling in the swamp, and people are going missing and being killed in the swamp. And so, uh, Yankee police officer, Kyle Williams. <laughs> Who definitely is not Australian, don't ask. Definitely, definitely not. Um, he comes to the uh, small Louisiana town of Bywater, named so because it is by the water. <laughs> Clever. To be the new, sh- to replace the sheriff who has gone missing. Uh, he, on his first day there, he meets, conveniently enough, all of the characters that will be important <laughs> in the plot of the film. Uh, he meets uh, an activist school teacher named Terry. Uh, he meets you could two, say that he uh, picks her up at a protest. <laughs> another way of saying it would be she, as a protester, assaults a police officer, and then he carries her forcibly to his truck. Yes, yes and while in the that. process of handcuffing her and putting her in her car, in his car, and reading her her rights, she yells, "You better be arresting me!" Which I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's what's happening, lady. <laughs> yep. He also meets, so his, meets- uh, his deputy, uh, Frazier, who is for some reason afraid of everything <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yep. yep. He- he's really the Barney Fife of this movie. <laughs> I don't recall Barney Fife being ripped limb from limb. <laughs> well, I don't know. You didn't see Return to Mayberry. <laughs> now I'm going down to Emmett's Fix-It Shop to fix Emmett. <laughs> Andy, there was a mild thing in the swamp. <laughs> uh, so he meets Frazier, he meets Terry, he meets Schist and Schist's shiftless son, and 
their racist uh, site supervisor, henchman. I mean, he's not even like the intimidating, hulking, racist henchman you would expect. He's kind of like a weedy little guy who, who looks like they tried to get Harry Dean Stanton, and they couldn't get him. <laughs> so then they tried to get the poor man's Harry Dean Stanton, and they couldn't get him. So then they went and got this guy. Mm-hmm. They got the poor man's Australian Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> yeah. Meets them. He meets Plug, the local conspiracy theory uh, obsessed photographer. He meets uh, what's his name, Jack, the uh, Native American shaman. Yeah. And he meets the alligator poaching swamp brothers. Yes, who have a name that will not be remembered. Uh, Wayne and Rodney. Thibodeau. I didn't remember that. I wrote it down. <laughs> oh yeah, Tibido. Uh, Tibido. Tibido. because they go very out of their way to pronounce it very precisely. Yes. Tibido. Uh, so people are disappearing in the swamp. Corpses are piling up. Uh, Schist blames the local Native American slash swamp ninja, Rene LaRoque, who is apparently out there messing with his oil rig. Like you do. Like you do, if, if you are a Native American swamp ninja. I, re- I really liked LaRoque's coat throughout this film. I thought that that was a great coat. <laughs> the damn fine uh, but of coat. course, it's it's uh, it's not LaRoque killing all of the people who are uh, who are violating the swamp land. It's the man thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. The yep, man so thing. The man, yep, the man thing is a monster. Uh, he, over the course of the film, kills most of the characters... Yes, uh, that's he true. is eventually revealed to have been the uh, the reincarnation of a man named Ted Salas, who was the Native American who would not sell his land, and so Schist murdered him. Yes. Then Man Thing kills Schist. Uh, the oil rig gets blown up, and then Man Thing returns to the swamp. To the I don't... dark water. You forget the dark you, water. You forget the, the, the detail about about how Man Thing kills Schist. He fills his body with crude oil. <laughs> oh, the symbolism. The symbolism. <laughs> yeah, I, do, I don't think, like, as far as actual plot progression goes, I really don't think I missed anything in that impromptu poorly put together stuff. Did you get yeah. the, the party at the beginning of the swamp with the first, the slasher movie, horror movie murder? Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I why, wasn't. Why, why don't, I, I why tuned don't... out a little bit at the beginning. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Sounds a lot like the experience yeah. of watching Man Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So the the, fil- the film opens with a scene straight out of a slasher movie. Mm-hmm. There is uh, a party where some local teenagers are mm-hmm. drinking alcohol in the swamp, mm-hmm. and then and in a completely go- original move, one character <laughs> leads another character off into the dangerous swamp despite yep. his protests, <laughs> where they have sex in a canoe. <laughs> Sex in hot swamp-based canoe sex. Yep. <laughs> and then my fa- my favorite part of of the canoe sex is like when she <laughs> when she like takes off Go on. When she like takes yeah. off her shirt. He's yeah. like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's real excited. And then she says, you, "You seem like a virgin." <laughs> Just the way he says it, he's like, oh shit. Yeah. Yep. To be fair, I pretty much said the same thing. Yep. Yes. Well, I, I, I was surprised to see it because I thought of this as a sci-fi channel original movie. Mm-hmm. Presumably yep. that part was edited, edited out for Yeah, yeah I think they added that in to, to spice yeah. up the uh, home video release. Yes. Uh, uh, this is the first pair of boobs that we have seen in a Marvel movie since Howard the Duck. I just want to be clear oh, about yeah. this. This is the oh. first pair of boobs we've seen Excellent. since the duck breasts. The duck breasts. The duck. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, okay. 
let's let's just dive right in, uh, dude. Your your opening thoughts on this film, this uh, thing. Well, this I, film thing. I thought it started out well because particularly because it's November second as we record this, and I've been watching a lot of horror movies through the month of October. So I was like, oh, it's you know, it's going to be a slasher film. This is something new and uh, exciting for a Marvel film. Uh, and then it all kind of went downhill from there. Uh, <laughs> it 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 wasn't. I don't know. I I liked that it didn't feel like the other Marvel films. But I didn't like that it didn't feel like a good movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are my opening thoughts. Derek, uh, yeah, I uh, I agree with dude. This uh, this film kind of starts off kind of promisingly. Um, you know, you yeah. think that there's going to be this kind of interesting mystery plot, and you know, like it's it's a pretty generic mystery plot. It's like the town outsider comes to. To take over the uh, the police department, um, and so you think it's going to be like the story of his investigation, but it's really not. Like most <laughs> of the film is like extended, like slasher creep sequences um, yep. that are really not terribly compelling. I mean, most of them go on way too long. There's not enough action, and the way they try to build suspense is less through like narrative situations or uh, even atmospheric uh, picture making, it's mostly through the music. <laughs> the music does like a surprising amount of the heavy lifting in this film um, uh-huh. and it, it just like, it completely kind of bored me <laughs> by, by about 40 minutes in. Also, Australia! Yeah. Australia! Australia! Yes. Australia! Australia. <laughs> we love you! Uh, Amen. So yeah, I mean, I whether or not it was Dude or I who was the uh, sort of instigating factor in why this was added to the list. This is certainly both a movie that both of us were interested in. Probably, probably mainly for, for the Swamp Thing connection. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I thought it was kind of refreshing to see an attempt at a Marvel movie that isn't a superhero movie. So I mean, I appreciated that aspect of it. Um, and yeah, I, w- I would agree that yeah, like the first like ten minutes, I was going, oh, this seems kind of promising. Uh, and possibly part of the reason why it was a bit, bit disappointing is that I didn't necessarily know much about uh, Man Thing. So, you, like you explaining that he like doesn't have his like humanity anymore, I was expecting that you know the Man Thing would be a character eventually. That he wouldn't be you know the hulking monster in the shadows the entire movie. At some point, like it, it would seem that way, and then we would actually meet him and you know get get something out of it. But you don't really. Uh, and in terms of sort of issues with sort of the pacing and the suspense scenes. I also found that an extraordinary number of scenes seemed to involve uh, people looking for characters who I wasn't entirely sure who they were looking for. <laughs> like, they go out into the swamp to find Poog? Pog? The conspiracy theory guy? Who had been in the movie for like a minute earlier and I had no fucking clue who it was that they were going out to see. And then it's like 20 minutes of like trying to find this guy and then they eventually do it like, oh, it's that guy. And then, you know, when, uh, LaRock is like out in the, out in the uh, swamp the entire time being sort of a ninja-y guy. But like everyone's like constantly talking about him and then he kind of shows up and it's like, oh, there he is. There's, just, yep. there's a lot of there's a lot of looking for people, and then also Ted Salas, who obviously turns out to be, uh, I very nearly said Swamp Thing, Man Thing, uh, <laughs> the, the Man Thing. Uh, so yeah, there's just it seems like there's a lot of people that we're like constantly searching for, and 
but they're not people who are very well defined. Mm. Yeah, my favorite of those ill-defined people that they're searching for is Dwayne LaRock Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I think that the big issue that, like, I won't say I... I will not say I did not enjoy watching this film because it was fun in the way that a trashy mm-hmm. sci-fi channel original yeah, film is I fun. Yeah. You know, there, there's there's some gore. There, there is it is competently put together, if not competently made. Like you're not seeing boom mics in frame or anything <laughs> like that. We are setting a very low bar here, Stephanie. If, <laughs> I, if so, no boom you, mics in shot is the is the level that we're going for, I'm like yeah, this is a pretty good movie. Good work. The, <laughs> night, like, the wow. night the That's night before the I saw this, the night before I saw this, I saw the Rift Tracks live presentation of Anaconda and there is a moment in Anaconda where a waterfall goes backwards up <laughs> instead of down because the film was reversed so I'm going to say shoot shoot me dead if you will uh, this is a better put together film than Anaconda so that's the part I would just like to say that one of our mutual favorite movies Batman and Robin has very good use of a, of a reverse shot <laughs> yeah, well, see, the problem is Anaconda didn't use the reverse shot well. Okay. And it, it only used it once, as opposed to the in, out, in again, out again <laughs> of Batman and Robin. Uh, uh, but yeah, g- generally, this was a... It was a very generic film that just had a Marvel property seemingly grafted onto it. The character of the man thing, if we want to talk about it as a character, bears very little resemblance to the Marvel version of the character. And it just kind of, it plays like a a standard monster movie. And that's okay if it's done well. I think the film ran into a lot of problems in casting. (laughs) Are you saying that Matthew the Nevis is not a dynamo of action? He's burning up the screen with his Australian soap opera star so, so, yeah, so let's start at the top. So we've got Matthew Leneves playing <laughs> Kyle Williams. Yep. Uh, he, he's the new sheriff in town, and he's supposed to be... He is ostensibly our protagonist, but a protagonist is ostensibly supposed to drive the story <laughs> forward. Derek, is there a word for a character who occupies the space a protagonist should occupy, <laughs> but does not fulfill the function of a protagonist? <laughs> oh, man. If only. Uh, uh, like like, uh, like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> or uh, Shaggy. A dashing lamp? In, in On the other side of a sexy lamp? lamp? It's a dashing lamp. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, according, uh, according to the Leneves principle. The, 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 the Leneves principle of lampitude. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, first, in order for us to take Kyle Williams seriously, two things needed to happen. One is he needed to be played by an actor who had some sort of grit or gravitas, because as the poorly sketched new sheriff in town, you kind of have to rely on the actor to bring something to that. And two, he needed to be named something that was not Kyle Williams. (laughs) But it's such a dynamic name, Kyle Williams. Well, yeah, I mean, to that first point, Stefan, like, they keep, all the other characters keep referring to him as a Yankee, but he has a southern accent, or at least he tries to have a southern accent. 
an American Southern accent. To be accent. fair, most people in this film try to have Southern accents. <laughs> it's, it's true. That's a good way to put it. Um, okay, so if the, if the film is ostensibly but set in like, like the I feel like this is Louisiana, populated by people who could not get cast on True maybe. Blood. Yeah, maybe he's supposed to be from Arkansas. <laughs> but like the language thing, you know, the, the, the dialect thing aside, like there's nothing else that he says or does in this film that sets him apart in any way from the ostensibly hometown characters. He's an outsider. He's the outsider. <laughs> yeah, but to be an outsider in this kind of film, you do have to like not be a part of the community. Like, if you go and watch to to pull a good film out, the original, not the remake, the original Wicker Man. Mm-hmm. I just watched that the um, other day. Yeah, which it's it's fantastic film, and Edward Woodward is very much an outsider in that <laughs> film, insofar as he is completely not integrated or aligned with any part of the community he's in. Well, it would help then if there was any sense of there being a community here. That's true. Because they do have a restaurant a, where they sell voodoo dolls. <laughs> they have a restaurant that we see in one scene, mm-hmm. uh, and like 20 people, not even that many, a dozen people chain themselves to... A uh, steam engine at one point. At yeah, I'm not beginning. convinced that there are but, any roads in this community. But that's the that is literally the most people we ever see on screen. And every, essentially, every single scene is you know three, maybe four people talking to each other. There's never out in any a swamp sense that, or in a boat. Yeah, a lot of it's in a swamp. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. I don't I don't know what that swamp set cost, but they were making sure they got. Every penny's worth out of it. <laughs> the budget on green Correct me if I'm wrong, but is there a single live alligator in this film? Uh, not live. There are dead ones. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised that that uh, no one was killed by an alligator, no one was threatened by an alligator. They discussed well, they gators quite a bit. Do they have bit. alligators in Australia? <laughs> yeah, they weren't going to import one for this film. <laughs> and I suppose crocodiles are hard to wrangle. I don't know if they have crocodiles in Australia, actually. No idea. Well, now you've okay. switched animals. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. a dude. <laughs> and and alligator, if, if they, an if they had swapped out... Truther. Which one is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a if, if they had tried to substitute a it's crocodile a for an alligator suit. in this film, it would it would have uh, it would have been a problem. You would have watched and said, that's not really an alligator. Croc mm-hmm. can't play alligator. <laughs> yeah. Alligator it's racist for you to think it can. alligator. But yeah, that point about the town, I mean, it... What it, town? The, 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 sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the swamp. Uh, yeah. The swamp There's a village. swamp. There's, you know, an Indian reservation, I guess. <laughs> There's the police office. Uh, when and, you say Indian reservation, when you say Indian reservation, what you mean is one shack that one, one character shack, yeah. which has flaming cars outside of it for some reason. <laughs> yes, <laughs> several cars on fire. Oh, I forgot about I for some reason, there. I mean, this is set in Australia, mm-hmm. so maybe they just think everything's like Mad Max, mm-hmm. <laughs> or rather, it's filmed in Australia. Okay, so so we have talked about one actor in this film. Uh, Matthew Leneves, okay, so not exactly a, a dynamo of action. Set the screen on fire. Yep. The, the worst performance in the film, I would say, was uh, Rachel Taylor as Terry, the love interest, who, you know, I heard Leneves, he had a little bit of a southern accent, a little bit of Australian accent, but eventually he kind of settled on a fairly neutral American and Rachel Taylor consistently attempted and failed the southern accent repeatedly. Yes. 
Um, so she, she is the activist school teacher who has been arrested. Was it eight times they had said? Some number of times. It is literally the only amount of characterization she has given in the entire movie. She's she's a third How grade many times teacher. She has been and then you arrested. see a little bit of the school, right? Don't you see some kids on a playground? Yeah, she's a third grade point? teacher. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. so so we confirm that she is a third grade teacher. Mm-hmm. Literally so I, nothing. I, I can I can appreciate that it's tough to fire a public school teacher, and I can appreciate that in this little backwoods pseudo town. <laughs> Uh, they probably don't have a ready supply of people ready to step in and fill that third grade teacher role. <laughs> if she has been arrested eight times, it might raise a couple flags at the local PTA meetings. It might. I'm, I'm still not convinced that there is a town here. I think it's, I think it's, a, it's Excuse a single me, oil but you've seen that Welcome to Bywater sign at least three times. <laughs> yeah. well, on the topic of her day at school... One of the few things in this film that I did genuinely appreciate that actually made me laugh out loud as I was watching it was when, yeah, it's uh, Kyle visits her at the school and there is a kid on the playground and this kid has a very large stick and he is using it to smash a toy car while staring freaking bullet holes through Kyle. No smile on his face, just staring him down. Yeah, it's bizarre. And this goes on for like and a it, good ten seconds. Yeah, exactly. There's a very long shot of this child just wailing on this car. It's bizarre. It felt very much like a, okay, we need ten more seconds to reach our contractually obligated minimum length for the film. That was probably somebody's kid. I mean, you know, like a crew member's kid or something like that, and then they didn't want to cut it out. It might have been the director's kid, because the director is a character. Yes, this is true. We have not talked about him. Uh, The one thing that I found confusing, though, about that was that at that point we had already established that, like, Man-Thing was, like, killing people with tree branches, like the Mm -hmm. the fourth-rate Terry Dean Stanton from Australia was killed with a tree branch coming out of his mouth. Yeah. And when I saw that tree branch they were holding, I was like, that looks like one those one of those kinds of tree branches. So I thought there might be some kind of connection that they were establishing. Oh, but no, okay. no, they don't do that. <laughs> no, it's just a, it's just a bizarre child murderously staring at the at the sheriff of town while he beats a truck. Well, it's it the sheriff like who nobody, arrested his teacher. It also seems like nobody in this town has any respect for the police at all. Like, they're all either, like, snarky toward him, or <laughs> they, like, threaten him fairly unsubtly, or they mm-hmm. yeah. kick him in the balls. Like, <laughs> yeah, what kind of true. town is this? Yes. Well, he is he is a new sheriff, uh, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, they gotta haze him. They gotta break <laughs> him in. <laughs> the the Thibodeau brothers, it, it's yeah. strongly suspected, are doing illegal things out in the swamp. So you can understand why they might yeah. not be friendly. Okay, so towards what, law what are they? They're, they're poaching, presumably. Probably. I guess, but they're doing it very blatantly. Yeah, yeah, it's. And I don't really see. I mean, like we see them palling around with uh, Schist's son, but we don't. Like, if, if their great crime in this film is they are poaching alligators, you know, that's not great, but it's also not like they're making meth out there. Yeah, but uh, you can understand why, well, I mean, that would... Why, why the man yes, thing would be meth. that would I'm attract to, the I, ire of the swamp spirit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to add Jake Schist to the list of characters that people spend a significant amount of time looking for who I did not know who was. <laughs> yeah. Because there's this sequence where the, the sheriff and the deputy is like, we got to go find Jake. 
or Jack or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. and they come to the Thibodeaux, and I'm like, all right, is one of them Jake? And then this other guy who is like, well, he's wearing the Schist swastika symbol. He must be. I, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I was yes. amazed at how the Schist symbol looked like, both like a swastika and like the Soviet I, hammer and sickle. I, I don't know <laughs> yeah. if you know this. Schist is German for evil. Really? Is oh, it it's really? also a kind no. of, it's no, also it's a no, geological no. term for a rock. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It is not. It is not. I mean, it sounds, I, I it sounds it was, German. I mean, it's, it's, a, yeah. it's an actual word. Uh, it, it's a kind of, uh, I think, metamorphic or sedimentary rock. It's a geological well, con- term. Well, that's that convenient for a uh, yeah. oil company. But yes, yeah, their symbol their company. symbol is like a red background with a white circle, and <laughs> I guess they're supposed Two to be oil derricks. Yeah, it's like oil derricks yeah. crossed. But yes, yes as as uh, as Duke <laughs> says, they're mm-hmm. they're very evocative of the swastika, but they're shaped just close enough that yeah, you could definitely see hammer and sickle there too. Yeah, that you, well, you you would think when they were designing that, when Schist had commissioned this logo, it would have walked in and someone would have said. Geez, Dad, the the red, the white, the black, the cross, and the, don't you think it's a little? No, it's good. Put it on the make it more swastika like. This was the third version. They had to get it more swastika like. <laughs> uh, let, let's let's talk about schist for a minute. So Jack Thompson of Attack of the Clones fame, fame. old working character actor. Like he's he's one of those guys that's been in a gajillion things for the last forty years. Um. He is, I referred to him earlier as the Bengazera type, but he's the Bengazera type if Bengazera and Roadhouse, like, uh, Schist is obviously the villain from the moment that he steps into frame. (laughs) Yes. But he doesn't really villain it all the way up until about midway through the film. By which, at which point, there's a freaking swamp monster out impaling people <laughs> yes. and like cutting off heads and growing tree branches, killing out people of who have ostensibly done nothing. <laughs> yeah, and so at, at that point, because you know, even though Schist is telegraphed as the villain, he hasn't done anything villainous, and he's not like Ben Gazzara being obviously evil from frame one. It's like, okay, yeah, he's a bad guy, but. He's, you know, I haven't invested in hating him before the Swamp Monster started killing people. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what was promising to me in, like, the first couple of minutes of this film was sort of like, oh, this is going to be like Jaws, right? He, you know, mm. he, he, the yeah, sheriff I mean, is going to have to figure out this monster that's killing <laughs> folks. and like Just as the mayor type. Right. And that's going to be, like, the central thrust of the film. But that's not. Like, it completely <laughs> changes. Yes, and I mean, as as Dude was alluding to earlier, the opening very slashery film is, is pretty much straight out of Jaws. It's, it's the exact same setup. Mm-hmm. It is the exact. Oh well, same actually, the man dies in that one as opposed to the woman in Jaws. But other than that, it's the same goddamn setup. Mm-hmm. So okay, <laughs> I'm just. Uh, so you, I, I can't get over the comparison of this film to Jaws. <laughs> to Jaws, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm uh, totally with. I'm totally with Derek. I mean, when, when that yeah. scene opened, I was this, like, "Oh, Jaws is happening." All right. This film is frequently compared to Ben Hur. It usually goes something like this: Ben Hur is really good. This movie really sucks. <laughs> That was an MST3K I, reference. Sorry, audience. <laughs> I, I, I think it's fair to. Uh, I almost said I think this. it's fair to compare this to Jaws. <laughs> well, it's fair to compare well, no, anything think, to anything if you want to do a, useful, a really poor comparison. It's a useful comparison <laughs> no, right. because you can see yeah. why this film is so middling, right? I mean, yeah. in, in yeah. Jaws, like, one of the reasons that we like uh, Brody, um, mm-hmm. the the sheriff, um, is, is that, like, we... we 
he has all of these like foils and characters around around the town, right? He's got the mayor as a foil, um, but he also has like the his deputy and like the various like town folk, um, like mm-hmm. that one. You never th- go in the water, chief. Yeah, no, go in that water, chief. And also like there's there's that. Uh, that one extra who's like the best extra in all of not well not even ex- an, an extra because he has a line but like after after they catch the the shark and they're like what kind of shark is that and uh, Richard Dreyfus is like it's a tiger shark and this guy's like oh what <laughs> and it's like it's like little moments like that that really help to characterize Amity Island and Jaws as this place this interesting place where Brody is. And we don't get anything like that for this swamp pseudo town, right? They try what? to do that. In, they try to do that with the Thibodeaux, and they try to do that mm-hmm. in like that diner scene. Um, but like nothing interesting happens to set any of the other characters apart. What I particularly love about the, the Jaws scene that you're talking about is that this guy's mind is blown by the phrase tiger shark, which it's one of literally the best-known animals on Earth, plus shark. But he's like, I don't know what those words mean in this order. Like, it's just a fucking name of a shark. It's so great. You could have have done an analogous scene in this, and they kind of tease it a little bit where they bring the, uh, the limbless ex-sheriff, the dead sheriff, mm. into the coroner's office. The coroner, by the way, is the character that the director plays. Yes. Oh, okay. Alright, I was gonna mention they, that obviously it's a town because it has a medical examiner. <laughs> obviously. No, they bring the dead sheriff into the uh, cor- uh, morgue. That's what it's <laughs> called. I almost said it's to the coroner's office. The coroner. I'm, almost call- <laughs> I'm so sick of I, that guy. I almost called it a coroner shop. <laughs> Into the taxidermists. Into the morgue. They bring the ex-sheriff into the morgue, and the coroner points at him and says, oh, well, this is clearly a gator got to him. Uh, but I think that you, you could have done that if you're putting it in the Jaws comparison, where, you know, we know it's man-thing out there, but the coroner and the townsfolk could have been convinced that it was some smaller, more common swamp monster instead of the man thing. That they said, oh, a Bigfoot got to him. And people say, oh, it's just a Bigfoot. <laughs> that would be an amazing twist if everyone was convinced it was a Yeti. Yeah. Swamp Yeti. Man Yeti. Oh I mean, maybe, maybe Yeti. I should, wait, wait, wait. No, no, I need to write that down. Swamp Yeti. Maybe I should revise <laughs> what I said. I mean, there are plenty of, like, characters Yeti. that, on paper, they were clearly meant to be interesting characters. It's just that the dialogue that they are given <laughs> and the scenes that kind of define them, uh, the, like, they just don't pull it off. Like, they're, they, they remain sketches. Yes. All right, so you, you've got uh, the coroner, you've got Plug, the local town conspiracy nut, you've got uh, the Australian Harry Dean Stanton, yeah. you've got the Thibodeaux, mm-hmm. yeah. you've got uh, Jack the shaman, um, I mean, and I mean, I think I, I, you've I got think racist guard, well. racist schist guard. Yeah, that's that's Harry Dean. Yeah, Stanton. Yeah, that's yeah. Harry Dean Stanton. Oh, 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 so oh you, sorry. You, you've yes, got these these guys, and I think that. 
that makes up like the tertiary yeah. town character, and it's Frazier. Frazier. Yeah. yeah. But again, I think I think a lot of it comes down to it's not just about lack of characters, but it's about, about lack of locations. Everything everything in this movie is either an interior, the swamp set, or a dirt road. There is absolutely yeah. no sense that any buildings mm-hmm. exist anywhere in this in this town. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you see the outside of the Thibodeaux shack. Okay, um, swamp shacks. The... Swamp shacks oh, yeah, exist. Right. Swamp shacks, but yes. no, um, but like we don't see anything of you know. Like when you're driving around Amity and you like see everybody and you and there's characterization like, oh, in is, the sets. Yeah, this is yeah. a town. This is a city. This clearly people live here and care about this place. As it, opposed it would, to it would have been oil derricks and, and flaming cars and dirt roads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been helpful to have like when he comes into town or like when Kyle has been in town for just a few minutes, yeah. just to have a shot of him driving through the town center and like he Whoa. sees you know the the local bank and the local malt shop and the local post office and yeah. sees like a couple people out interacting that even if it's like has no real action just to have that contextualization yeah. that's the role of a goddamn louisiana city it's not that um, hard that's why i say that i'm not convinced that this town really has any roads i mean you see him drive occasionally but almost all of the the transportation is done on like swamp boats yeah. Oh, so it's like Venice, except in a swamp. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so like Venice. <laughs> yeah, so it's like Venice, except in Australia. So like Venice. Yeah. That's where Venice is, right? Uh, did you guys <laughs> Did you guys notice how many people in the film ask the sheriff if he understands uh, the, the medical examiner says to him, this body has been in the swamp, understand? And he says understand very distinctly. And then yeah. Schist says... Uh, this time they stole some dynamite. I'm already months behind. You understand, Sheriff? And then the the racist guard says, uh, there's more things in that swamp than you'll ever understand, Sheriff. This here's a dark corner of the world. You better keep your light on. Like, there's just a lot of people like who do not understand what's going on asking him if he understands what's going on. Well, see, then it would make more sense if they all thought it was a swamp yet. Because <laughs> yeah. no one from outside of town would have understood that. But if all of them knew the secret swamp yeti code, yeah. then they would have been cool with it. Have, I'm have, sure I'm sure somewhere in the writing process somebody was like, ooh, I'm going to see this, you know, cool theme about, you know, people thinking that the world is a rational place. But then there's this fucking swamp monster and it's all fucking, uh, fucking crazy. Nobody knows anything. But, like, that's not really in the have you guys no. ever heard the, the – I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard once that uh, what Yeti actually means in Tibetan is that thing over there. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that too. I don't know. I will check that to find out if that yeah. is actually true or I, not. I read I it as a story on, on Neil Gaiman's blog that he had heard from – I don't know whether he was in Tibet or had heard from someone else as an apocryphal story. But uh, it would be great because that would be, you know – well, uh, according to according to Google, it means little man-like animal. Oh, okay. All right. And apparently, it was only coined in the 1930s. Hmm. That's when Yeti sightings were at their peak. Yeah. yeah. What about swamp Yeti sightings? <laughs> the, the, the mysterious swamp Yeti, known only to the local people. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if they were going for like this Southern Gothic kind of backdrop. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, that's a great point, Nick. They needed more in the set arena. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm serious. They don't even need to have fucking Kyle Williams interacting with it. Just some goddamn B-roll of, like, you know, exactly like him coming into town and, you know, 
seeing something that is not endless oil derricks. Well, so, so when this is not when he gets to the diner, there's uh, we're we're all very lucky that there's that inscrutable Native American man to give him a vague warning. <laughs> when the lights that flicker, was some incredible makes... in, incredible characterization. I th- oh, let, let me see. Hold on a second. Uh, we're waiting for. Uh, I feel, uh, no, I guess I didn't write it down. I thought that I had written down word for word what the old man said to him. Oh. <laughs> uh, but I did not. So, sorry for that digression. It's, it's you know, vague yeah. Native American stereotype warning. Mm-hmm. As he's drawing the old man in, in sugar on the counter. Yeah. Yes. yeah, prior to doing this, has yeah. dumped an incredible volume of sugar on the counter <laughs> yeah. and is drawing something in it, which we we never really know what that is. No. It's some kind of Native American mysticism symbol. I thought, it, I thought he was drawing a picture of the same thing that you see in the photographs of the, the man thing. Of the yeah. Man. yeah, yeah. Given that his dreamcatchers are full of man things, I'm assuming yes. it's a man thing. <laughs> you could almost man call them the man, man things on the mind. Yeah. Man things on the mind. Album title. There, there is a movie, and it's it's not an obscure movie by any means. Uh, but is from it Navy Seals? The, it is not Navy Seals. From, from the early forties, it, uh, it is not under siege. Is it not under from siege the early forties. In the shadow, like under siegeing, under siege two prequel, uh, se- uh, sequel subtitle, even further under uh, siege, dark, dark, uh, dark passage. passage. There yeah. you go. No, no, the movie that I'm talking about is Son of Dracula, with Lon Chaney Jr. And it mm-hmm. was sort of uh, middle period of the Universal Horror Cycle when they were becoming really sort of they, they were they were not the films that they were in they the were 30s, but they were still hashing. Yeah. Under Siege 2 subtitle was Dark Territory. Sorry to interrupt, but this was really important. <laughs> yes. But no, uh, Son, of, Son of Dracula takes place, like, in the Louisiana Bayou. And I kept thinking of it as I was watching this film, because you, you do have kind of the stage-bound swamp set, and you have the you know, monster that is, for some reason, keeping his lair in the swamp. Um, and... and when I think about that film versus this one, despite the fact that this film, well, I don't know if it had any more money to throw at it, but it clearly had the benefits of modern technology. But you do at least get a sense of being like in a bayou community in that film. And you have this combination of classic horror ideas in this southern gothic swamp-based setting that at that point in time, at least, I imagine was fairly novel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is despairing to me that you know 60 years later they could not even never mind creating a reasonable bayou swamp set they could not be bothered to create the barest illusion of actually being in a bayou community as close as we get to that is the fact that there is a swamp and the local cafe sells voodoo dolls which I cannot get over Yes. God. It's got a very strong okay. sense of uh, place. Uh, That's what we're saying. Can I, I mention my favorite scene in the film now? Please do. Uh, Please it's do. it's when they when it's very early on when the sheriff goes to see the the girl who survives the first slasher cut, the one who's 
chest gets covered in blood, and he goes into the the hospital or mental hospital or wherever it is, and uh, she says, "Yeah, she's she's been like this since last night." Or, you know, she hasn't said a word. And then there's a jump cut to her leaping out of the wheelchair and screaming and attacking the sheriff instantaneously. <laughs> Oh man! She had just been waiting. She yeah. like got out of her catatonic state. Was like, uh-huh. at some point, somebody's going to say I haven't done anything for a while. <laughs> That's when I strike. I had to rewind that, that, it to make sure that there was actually a jump cut, but there was. Literally, <laughs> she jumps and it cuts. <laughs> well, probably there was some dialogue that was came in between those, and decided, yeah. well, fuck it. I thought they wanted to make it, you know, look like she had actually like leapt out of the chair, like, like a cat or something, yeah. you know, where she I did not pass the, the intervening space. <laughs> No, that, that actually, when I watched it, that was my favorite moment in the film. Uh-huh. Just, and and the, the, the reason is, like, the moment that scene starts, you know how this scene's going to unfold. Like, the sheriff's going to be there, and he's going to get down, and he's going to ask her some questions, and she's going to shake a little bit, and she's going to give him some ominous piece of, like, don't go in the swamp, yeah. or some pe- thing like that, and then she's going to freak out. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that we just cut out all of the stuff <laughs> yeah. in the middle and go straight to the freak out. So this scene, which you would imagine would play for five minutes, and you know exactly what's going to happen, is compressed to about 15 seconds yes. and gets to the same point. So yeah. I liked that. <laughs> I think you can say that about like most of the scenes in the film. Like they think they're doing us a favor by by cutting out like extraneous dialogue or plot points or motivation and just cutting to just cutting to the stalker scenes or the walking around the swamp. Yeah. Oh, oh, here's some more paddling. We're paddling through the swamp. Bringing that sea reel footage of the paddling through the swamp. There are like three they're, they're, separate scenes of them paddling through mm-hmm. the swamp because mm-hmm. their police boat the, yeah. has has broken down its motor. It's mm-hmm. like there is a good twenty five minutes in the middle of the film where they are, as Nick said, they are going through the swamp, look, not just looking for one person, <laughs> but looking for several people yeah. in sequence. They're going, and yeah, they're going. They originally go in to look for La Rock, right, and then the then it breaks down. So then they're going to either La Rock or Plug. No, because they because when it breaks down, that's when they go. That's when they start looking for Plug yep. because Plug has the boat they can borrow. Is Plug the, the guy who's taking the photos are look- and had the dogs? And at the same time, the Thibodeaux yeah, are yeah. doing mm-hmm. their slightly nefarious stuff in yeah. the, uh, which, let's be honest, next to, you know, pumping out the oil of the holy place in the middle of the swamp, probably poaching some alligators is fairly small potatoes. But yeah, and not, not like, as far as the man thing It's never clear. Like, they're, they're made to be threatening characters, but they never do anything really bad except go to hunt for Larocque. Instead of the instead of like bringing him to the sheriff or telling the sheriff where he is, right? Yeah. I mean, they correct. The, the worst mean, that they, they do is get too casually jovial with the sheriff. Like he's always uh-huh. just joking, kind of messing around with the new guy in town. But he never does anything outright mean, as I recall. No, I mean, and also also note that during that swamp sequence with them, when they're doing their slightly nefarious stuff, there is an extended sequence where they somehow lose track of each other <laughs> and then search for each other yeah. in the swamp. Yes. So we have multiple nested searches within nested searches. Yes. Uh, I oh, think we haven't yet. I, we haven't yet mentioned the shitting in the swamp scene. Oh, oh yes, of course. I think the I think the their biggest sin in the movie though is that they are ugly redneck stereotypes. Yes, like, that's just true. the fact that they're like yeah. un, unfortunate looking men who like have bad teeth and like talk in a certain kind of 
drawl, and the younger, or, the, or at least the skinnier of the two brothers, has this absolutely awful yeah. uh, mullet. And doesn't uh, doesn't the sheriff make a deliverance reference? Doesn't he say something about uh, like something or squeal like a pig? Uh, maybe was that in this or something else I was watching recently? That sounds like something this film would think yeah. is clever. Uh, Derek, you want to talk about remember. the shitting scene? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, Derek, so that's this, why you keep your Derek, you're professional. <laughs> you brought it up. About the you time brought it the up. The man shits him and falls in his own shit. So there's so the Thibodeaux are uh, out in the swamp, um, and uh, Thibodeau the younger, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like plenty. He makes he makes he makes some comment about how, how he had, the coffee was bad or like he had some bad. Oh, that was some strong coffee. Uh, and the other Thibodeau is like, well, you should go downwind and. Uh, and and relieve yourself, uh, you know, so the sheriff won't won't smell you. Uh, and so he goes out and he, and he and he does his business. And then um, he the, the man thing is uh, around and like you know rumbling and like scares him, and he falls like backwards, basically into his own waist. Uh, it's very have, charming. It's incredibly charming. I have no memory of this whatsoever. It's probably for the best. Oh, it happened. <laughs> I'm, I mean, my, my, maybe, I, my, maybe I somehow uh, watched a different cut, or maybe I just entirely zoned out during that part of the movie and was not paying attention. That was entirely... part of the interminable swamp sequence. So it's, yeah. To be fair, I, I completely missed sequence. the little kid hitting the truck. I didn't yeah. see that at oh, all. Oh, so I must have been looking highlight. away for those that is 30 seconds. A highlight. Yeah. yeah, no, I definitely I definitely remember, like, in the middle of the swamp sequence, like, going, like, I've not been paying attention to this movie for, like, five minutes. Who are we looking for right now? I don't know. I don't That's know usually a good sign. That is a sign that a movie is really good. If you suddenly realize you have not been paying any attention and you have no <laughs> idea what's going on. Yeah. Partic- no, that, the most galling part, though, was... Alright, so they, they get to Poog's... Pogues, whatever the fuck the man's name is. Plug. Um, Plugs. Um, swamp sh- shanty. And uh, Fraser, the deputy, uh, stays put. And the sheriff goes off in the canoe for some reason. Uh, and at one point, Fraser sees what he thinks may or may not be Plug over there in the shadows. And I, not knowing who the fuck Plug is, was like, is that actually Plug or not? So there was an entire possibility that <laughs> Fraser was off chasing some other person. <laughs> oh, just, another, I, just another aspect of this goddamn chase within a chase within a chase within a chase. Um, it's possible that I, I pulled that squeal like a pig line from the the second episode of Constantine that I watched this morning. So uh, uh, I haven't seen that. How is it? It's very good. I like it. I like it much more than than anything we have watched recently for this <laughs> podcast. To be fair, we we're are not in a very good spot. We're yeah, in the dark period. Um, yeah. There are two other scenes that I want to mention. Um, right. One, uh, when... Oh, gosh, hold on. Where is it? What did I write down? Don't even try to remember oh, characters. Who names. smokes a cigarette on an oil well and then just throws it on the ground without putting it out? Um, uh, and then who fires a shotgun at a door when he's waiting for someone yes. to come back? <laughs> he's been yelling for this man to return. Then he hears a noise outside and fires a shotgun through a door that has no window. <laughs> that's just, that's yep. just good henchmaning. Yeah, it's good guarding. Good job there, racist guard. There is, 
when they are going through the interminable swamp sequence. <laughs> I, oh no! I can't remember at this point if they're trying to get to Plug or, or it Rock. does not matter. They're trying yeah, to get to it, a good part of the film and they is, do not get there. <laughs> he is searching no. for somebody. But uh, like Frazier, Frazier and Kyle are like in their canoes, and they're talking about the mystical place in the dark water, and. Kyle says to Frazier, do you really believe in that? And Frazier suddenly decides that he is going to, like, recite Shakespeare <laughs> and says, I believe that when a man's chest becomes an insect's palace and his eyes are gone and his limbs ain't no more. It's like, what the fuck did this come from? What does that mean? Is that from something? No, he just starts saying this. Like all of, wow. like this was the this was the line that the writer wrote, and he's like, yeah, yes, yes, this is staying in. This decades from now, people will be quoting the memorable Frasier soliloquy. <laughs> to be fair, that's probably one of the more realistic lines in the film because that is something that I feel like a a, a rural philosopher would say. <laughs> Well, I'm going to Google it just to find out if it's quoting anything. What was it? I believe what a man's chest... A, man, a man's chest becomes an insect's palace. <laughs> it's bizarre. It's a bizarre yeah. line. I don't think it's from anything. <laughs> no, no. It's probably not. No, it's all, all, all the things here are about man things. It's such a <laughs> weird line. It's such a bizarre line. I missed yeah. that. What is the end of the um, line? Uh, he says that he wants to go home. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. All right. So do I, man yeah. thing. My, my, my favorite line in the film, Life Magazine went out of business, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. That, that one was, was great. great. <laughs> I love that. I loved uh, when Plug is like, Plug is taking a picture of Frazier's, like, disembodied arm. Oh, Yeah. And uh, he says, uh, do you smell that, Sheriff? It's the perfume of my future. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> and both of those lines are within about 30 seconds of each other. <laughs> and, and lastly, of course, uh, where the film gets its title, when Kyle asks what the horrible swamp monster was, Krug says, it's the Man-Thing, man! <laughs> <laughs> the only time Man-Thing is said, yeah, Krug's a weirdo. Uh. So do we want to talk about the Man-Thing monster a little bit? The sure. Man-Thing monster it, was yes. probably the coolest part. Uh, yeah, he's got, like, vines everywhere, and he's killing yeah. fuckers, and it's real violent. I, I liked the, uh, well the creation sequence that they showed at the beginning of the film, and then again, where you see, like, the skull and the spine come up out of the swamp, and then it's kind of covered with vines and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that works that well. was pretty cool. That is clearly where about 80% of the budget went in mm-hmm. to, the, to that sequence. I think probably there's maybe... At most two minutes of uh, of the man thing being on screen. So one one of which is him killing the old shaman for reasons that I'm not entirely clear on. No, the shaman the shaman wanders out into the swamp, calls the man thing, and says, "Take me, so the killing will stop." And then the man thing kills him and goes off and kills more people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's entirely no unclear why he's there. I didn't, I didn't understand why he killed the deputy. I, I don't understand why he killed a lot of the people. He, yeah. just, he just kills people. He yeah. kills yeah, people yeah, indiscriminately. Don't, don't come in swamp. So I, I, I'm saying that the old shaman, far from being a wise mystical figure, I'm saying he was senile. Like, he's the guy who pours sugar out on the counter and draws in it, and then he wanders into the swamp and begs to be killed. Like, he, he plays no role in the plot. 
He wields no particular strength or influence over the creature or any character. And he just kind of wanders around muttering things before he dies. Yeah, there's a sequence, one of many sequences where people are like, we need to go find this person, where they go, <laughs> where they go to see him in his, in his shack by the swamp, uh, and we learn literally nothing. <laughs> there is no new information that is given by them going to see, uh, going to see him in his shack. Yeah. Uh. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for this, and, and I'm reminded oh. that they did use the phrase, uh, let's see, what was it? The nexus of all realities, right? I don't think yeah, we've yeah, mentioned that phrase yet, the have one, we? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, that's, uh, the old man says that, and nothing comes yeah. to it. Yes. <laughs> uh, although, although the payoff for them going to the, uh, going to the, quote, Indian Reservation, the weird Mad Max swamp uh, Indian Reservation... Uh, is that they then, uh, as they're leaving, get confronted by the schists. And there's this great scene where they're sitting inside of their Hummer, uh, like, very obviously, like, plotting to kill people. And then they spend literally 30 seconds just maniacally laughing to each other. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I, I wanted more of that in there's the film. Like, like it, it's particularly it's, good because they're in a Hummer, so there's, like... Three, three or four feet between them because there's just so much goddamn space in there. So there's just these two floating heads, like being shot from outside of the Hummer, and they're just cackling, <laughs> like Kang and Kodos in space. Kind of. Exactly what yeah, it is. Pretty much. Kind of, yeah. So, g- given that a major, one of the many major problems in this film was casting, um, at one point in the film, I started writing down who I thought should have played these characters. And it was a very short amount of time before I decided that really you just needed to swap out the entire cast with the cast of Smokey and the Bandit. (laughs) So Burt Reynolds plays Kyle. Jackie Gleason plays Schist. Uh, Whoever played Jackie Gleason's son in Smokey and the Bandit plays Jack. Paul Williams plays one of the Swamp Brothers. And whoever plays Big Enos plays the other Swamp Brother. Sally Field plays Terry. And the man I'm gonna be, play himself. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I, I was already thinking about Smokey and the Bandit because we, <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about the diner scene. And like, yeah. and I was absolutely think I was trying to remember what the name of that weird sandwich that uh, that the that Smokey uh, orders. Oh god! It's like a Diablo sandwich or something. It's a man thing. It's a man witch thing. It's a man witch thing. Oh my god! We need to get in touch with the man witch people, guys. Who, yeah, owns we've the, got... who owns the rights to man thing now? They may have reverted back to Marvel. So we get in touch with man witch. We get in touch with Marvel. This will fuck Bluey cigarettes. Manwich, that's what's going to be our new thing. <laughs> you take that back. You take that back. <laughs> can this be the, uh, man, this be the official transition to now Manwich being our sponsor instead of Bluey cigarettes? Yes. <laughs> At Halloween, Cinema can we have spelled Manwich with W-I-T-C-H? <laughs> So the uh, man, man swap, thing swap actually, I think I think it has reverted to Marvel at this point. Man thing was mentioned in an episode of Agents of Shield. Oh wow! Like and Man thing or Tom specifically Sosis Man thing. Okay. And uh, the character. So again, the film was a pretty radical departure from the Man thing backstory. Man thing's backstory is basically the same backstory as Swamp thing. Like he was a scientist. He was trying to recreate the super soldier formula because everyone in Marvel That's literally every single origin story is, hey, let's create the super soldier serum. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How hard could it be? He's trying to do that. 
AIM, uh, the evil Marvel Science Organization, tries to steal it. He gets killed. He becomes a swamp. But one of the characters that ultimately betrays him and tries to steal the formula is his wife, Ellen Brandt. And Ellen Brandt was one of the uh, secondary villains in Iron Man 3. She was the Firewoman. Oh, mm. okay. Wait, was AIM? Was they the bad AIM? guys in the Iron Man 3 also? They were. Okay, I was like, AIM was in one of the movies. I was like, which one is it? Uh, it was uh, Guy Pierce's. Yeah, yeah, the thing, the thing that he, when he turned out to be the Manchurian. Yeah, it's the Mandarin. The Mandarin, whatever. Some, <laughs> something. He was something. He was the Manchurian, yeah. The Manchurian. The Manchurian man <laughs> thing. <laughs> the man thing candidate. So, final thoughts on this the man thing film that does actually exist. Dude, we'll start with you. Final thoughts. I don't remember anything about the movie at this point. <laughs> it's been entirely replaced with man thing substitutes. That, that is, that's all you had to say about this film. It was so unmemorable. So forgettable. I think that's the word that means unmemorable. Uh, that an hour of talking about the title of the film wiped it from your memory. Yes. <laughs> Derek? Well, one thing that's still in my memory, my idea, for, or our idea for Swamp Yeti. Derek, your uh, final I, thoughts. Yeah, I mean, some of you asked earlier, you know, what what would make this film work? And I think if this film <gasps> had a likable, engaging protagonist, it could... <laughs> like, like the handsome young fellow whose picture is being held up at, yeah. uh, at Nick's camera. Um, I, I, I think if this film had a... a a better protagonist, someone more <laughs> engaging. It could it could have actually pulled off the more kind of Jaws side of things. Because, you know, as we were saying, Man-Thing isn't really a character. It's sort of more of a force of nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and so actually getting uh, an engaging protagonist to uh, sound off of that, I think, would have could have worked. Cool. Yeah. Nick, your final thoughts on this film? Uh, I mean, as... I mean, I, I think I agree with everyone else that this is, you know, a kind of unmemorable movie, but I definitely don't regret watching it. I mean, regardless of if it was Dooge or me who really, you know, put us in to watch this, uh, I'm glad that it was in here, if if only to delay having to watch Fantastic Four a little bit longer, yeah. and X-Men Last Stand, and maybe not Ghost Rider. I'm not happy that we delayed Ghost Rider. What are the other... It's like it's, we have five movies till we get to Iron Man. Oh, we've got Spider-Man it. three left, and the no, second I'm, Fantastic I'm, not, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. We all know I'm looking forward to Spider-Man three. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say when I rated this on IMDb, I gave it a six. <laughs> I feel like it's a you gave this I a six. Like, yeah, I felt That's it was like on the generous. better side. I gave it, it was like on the better side of mediocre. I felt. No, this is this so, is this is a four. This yeah. is this is on the worst side of mediocre. All right. Oh, well, I disagree. Anyway, we agree it's mediocre. I don't know. I, I I enjoyed this movie kind of a little bit. Not enough that I regretted watching it. I mean, I would have. Assuming that I I am responsible for us watching it, uh, I certainly would have felt bad if I you know forced us to watch an additional incredibly shitty movie. And maybe I did, but it was an incredibly shitty movie that I enjoyed. I don't I don't not saying I liked it, but I enjoyed it. Okay. Fair enough. I definitely enjoyed what we've been doing for the last hour. Yes. Um, my final thought on this film is I admire the fact that I, I think this is the first film 
we, we talked about in the post-Spider-Man world, Marvel became very conscious of the fact that its properties could be blockbusters and could make them boatloads of money. And we saw with Daredevil, and I would argue with Blade Trinity, uh, you know, and possibly even with uh, with Hulk, the the attempts to create these films that could be franchises and could kind of be in the Spider-Man mold and make them all all of those you know hundreds of millions of dollars that Spider-Man brought them. And I genuinely appreciate the fact that this film was made. Very much probably in the decision-making process that went into making the Dolph Lundgren Punisher, which is, eh, we got this name and kind of this idea. Let's uh, let's throw it into a movie. Uh, I appreciate the fact that they looked at this film, had it scheduled for theatrical release, and then said, no, no, we're not go- we're not going to do this one. So I really appreciate the fact that at this point in the evolution of the Marvel story. They were conscious enough of how terrible this film was. So much so that they could not give it a theatrical release. And I think that speaks a little bit to where they were as a studio and what they were trying to become as a studio. Now, the fact that they subsequently released these steaming piles of shit that we're going to be watching in the near future (laughs) might argue against that a little bit. Uh, Oh my god, what's next? The next film we have to watch. Uh, question, guys. Do you think it is possible to make a worse Fantastic Four film than Roger Corman did? <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. I've never actually seen this. I have, uh, I've never oh, seen God. Fantastic Four film. Uh, uh, wait, so have you guys the theaters, seen this? I think. Have you seen the next one? I have not seen it. Nope. This is the first. <laughs> We will watch uh, the Fantastic Four. Jessica Alba's the Fantastic Four. Swap it! Earth really needs you! Our game is bad for sure! Come on! Fight for right!